Welcome to the Army Podcast. This is Joel Applebaum, Chief Content Officer at Army. And in this episode, we bring you a snap talk from the 2022 Army Construction Risk Conference titled Construction Delay Analysis and Disputes by Michael Oliveri of Liberty Mutual. Drawing on more than 15 years of experience in the construction management, Michael outlines the challenges of evaluating a delay claim and strategies that will help you succeed in proving the claim. I hope you enjoy it. Morning, everybody. My name is Mike Oliveri. I'm a risk engineer with Liberty Mutual. I run the, the risk services for our subcontractor default insurance product. Thanks for coming in and joining us. I really appreciate everyone showing up in here. I know construction delay is a really fascinating, exciting topic. So when dealing with a construction delay, there's really three very common things that most of you already know. Proving delay is complicated, it's expensive, and it's difficult to recover all of your costs most of the time, right? I'm, that's not earth-shattering news for all of you. Most, most people in this room probably already know that. But what I'd like to talk about a bit more is why. Why it's complicated, why it's expensive, why is it difficult to recover, and what are the things that you can do about that? So. Why is it complicated? Most oftentimes, it's because there's poor documentation. So that means quality of schedules, a non-detailed baseline schedule, so there's not really good comparison from the baseline to further updates, inconsistent schedule updates themselves, so or infrequent schedule updates, so the schedules are not being updated on at least a monthly basis going forward. The quality of the schedules are poor, so whether it's schedule logic, putting in updates or, or, or actual change activities, impacts, just progress in the schedule. Uh, the critical path is not well-defined. That's another one I think that's a very consistent issue. Just because you have read activities on your schedule does not mean that your critical path is well-defined. It's not the same thing. So usually when you have a schedule analysis that you need to prove, and you have red activities on there, the first thing that a schedule expert is going to do is they're going to go look at what those are. Do they make sense? Is that real? Is the logic between them actually sound? Is it driving what needs to be driven? And then furthermore, I guess a last complication on, on why it's so challenging is that there are different methodologies that can be used. So, so time-related costs or impacts are different than one another. Not all of them are the same in nature. Disruption is not the same thing as delay. And proving disruption is different and use different methodologies for proving disruption than you do for delay. So what do we do about it, right? So the, the, I think the obvious answer, the first thing I'd say is good scheduling practices, right? It's easier said than done. Teaching your people, making sure they're trained on how to not just use the software, but in good scheduling principles, right? What is the real schedule logic that they need to have in place? So this way, when you're actually, you need to use those schedules and rely on them for a schedule analysis in one way or another, they have sound logic and a schedule expert does not have to go back in and go address all the, the logic issues that are complicating their mission to go help you demonstrate your delay, right? Each of those things, the logic flaws, infrequent schedule updates, those are all obstacles in you demonstrating delay to another party. Set documentation ex expectations, right? So make sure that it's not just the schedules themselves, the baselines and, and the updates, but it's the supporting documentation too. Good daily reports, consistent and, and descriptive daily reports, correspondence, those things are, are critical. 
Unfortunately, documentation is not just a chore that project operation teams have to just live through every day. They're meant to be a record of something that somebody who has never lived on that job before can look at and reference and understand what's going on, what happened and when, by who, without having to go and interview you know, hundreds of different people that actually lived on the job. Understanding the critical path. That's something that I, I personally don't know that, that happens enough out there. So again, red activities, that's not enough. Even just printing out a critical path report for each schedule update, that's better. But having a discussion, challenging what that critical path is each time you update your schedule is critical. Uh, that's ironic, right? It's important. Having a, a, an experienced superintendent who's actually looking at what that critical path is and asking questions and challenging that, is that really what's driving the job? That oftentimes an experienced superintendent who lives on that job, who knows it, they know that critical path. They already know it in their heads. And if they see something on paper that's different from what their expectations are, they should be asking questions. And the person who's actually doing the updates and performing that schedule update or change, they should be able to explain why the critical path is what it is. They should be able to walk through that logic. So if your critical path is right and it's accurate, and it changes, by the way, it absolutely changes. It can change on a monthly basis, especially when you're dealing with delays or impacts, it will change. So expect that and expect that your people are looking for it and having conversations and they're fluent in the critical path. Okay, it's expensive, right? Why is it expensive? Well, it's expensive because performing a delay analysis or time impact analysis is not, uh, it's, it's a unique skill. So just being able to schedule does not mean that you're able to perform a delay analysis or a time impact analysis. It's not the same thing. Not all schedulers are equal. So you're, you're paying for a skill oftentimes. You need to hire an expert and, and oftentimes that expert does not always exist in-house for, for many general contractors. Again, poor documentation, that, that's a big theme here. Poor documentation complicates the matter. It always does. If you don't have enough schedules, if you don't have good supporting documentation, what happens is it forces your expert, whoever that person is, to use different or alternative methodologies, right? They may have an optimal methodology in which they would perform a delay analysis that's going to help you prove very clearly what your, what your impacts are. But the less documentation that you supply to them, that's quality documentation that they can rely upon, it basically removes their options for which methodologies that they can use. And it restricts and confines them to other methodologies that may not be optimal. It will force them to make assumptions. And ultimately, what, ha what happens is that analysis becomes more subjective. And then your expert, whoever that person is, is forced most likely into more back and forths with the opposing party. They're going to have more questions. They're going to demand greater explanation. The process will churn, and that means more billable hours. It means more expensive process, right? So what can you do about that? I think a scheduling standard is really important, right? Publishing some kind of guidebook. It does not have to be a dictionary or a, mon or a monstrous document, but setting an expectation for, for your project operations team about how schedules are performed, what the expectation for the level of quality in those schedules are, how consistently you should be updating schedules, what should be included in a schedule update. Should they include a narrative? Should they include a milestone comparison from update to update so you can see what has changed and when? Should there be a critical path filter so, so people can actually look at that and question it? Those things should be, should be discussed um, and, and cemented in so everybody knows going from one job to another what the expectations are on schedule. A scheduled peer review process, I think, is a really great and healthy thing. Just having other folks out there, again, especially experienced and seasoned superintendents, 
They can go to a job and very quickly look at a critical path and give you some really good feedback on short notice. So th that kind of thing, I think, can be really impactful. And then making sure that uh, you've got coverage, right? Coverage, if it's an insurance claim, coverage is relief for you, right? So coverage, not just for indirect costs, time-related costs, but also claim preparation costs. If you've got a really heavy lift and you need to bring someone in from outside, claim preparation costs can be a, a really great relief in, in, in instances like that. Okay, and they're difficult to recover from, right? So why are they difficult to recover from? Probably one of the biggest issues there is something called concurrency, right? Which probably most of you in this room know what that is. And, and super short, and don't nobody beat me up about this. I'm going to try to be short about what concurrency is. Uh, it's basically simultaneous delay by two two different activities or events, right? So there's you've got an owner change that's delaying you on the job, and at the same time, you have a subcontractor that's defaulted, and they are delaying your job at the same time, right? In a in a contractor and owner dispute. Concurrency typically means time, but no money, right? You can get the extension of time, but you're not going to get paid for it. So you extend general conditions, whatever your other costs are, you don't get money for that. In an SDI claim, for example, oftentimes concurrency can negate your claim for cost, for indirect cost, right? You're not going to get reimbursed for it because the position is that, well, you're, you're being delayed by something else otherwise, so you're not going to get compensated for that. Poor documentation, again, it, it's going to be, it, it's the theme, right? It's always a problem here. What happens with that, and we've already talked about it, is subjectivity. So the more subjective your analysis gets, the harder it is for you to prove it. The party that is reviewing your claim, right, it would be difficult for them to accept what you're stating or what you're, what you're submitting to them is what your actual costs are because what you're relying upon is more subjective. They have questions about it. You've made assumptions. I'm not really sure if it's exactly that. I know you've made an assumption there. You don't have daily reports to tell me how many guys were on this floor at this day doing this as a direct result of your subcontractor default or whatever the issue was. So what happens is it churns, it churns, it churns, and you're forced into a settlement at the end of the day because not because you're not entitled to it, but because you can't prove it, right? So you, you end up settling for you know a certain percentage of you know on the dollar for what your actual claim costs are. And then another thing is understanding what your coverage is, right? So many times time-related costs, I mean, insurance claims they're capped, right? And, they're, and they're, they're capped probably for good reason because those can get very, they, they can be very challenging and very expensive, hard to prove and difficult, and, and that's a friction point. So understand what your coverage is, right? Do you have coverage for indirect costs? What is your cap for indirect costs? What is defined as an indirect cost? And then what about your claim preparation costs too, right? Are you able to hire someone to help you with that, with whether it's a forensic delay analysis or a consulting or someone just hire on and help you prepare, collect all of your invoices and tickets and change orders and receipts and all that stuff? Getting help with that oftentimes can be an expensive thing too. So what can you do about it, right? Again, have good schedules, right? That's the simple answer here. But train your people, you know, train them, make sure they understand good scheduling principles and, and, and logic. They're putting forth good detailed baseline schedules. That is very important. Less, less detailed baseline schedules or, or baseline schedules that don't really show what the work is going to be, that have a lot of high level activities, oftentimes can't really be compared very well to future updates that are far more detailed in nature and they don't help you when you're proving out delay. Find a good partner, whether it's a scheduling expert or, or another consulting party that you can trust and bring in and on short notice into issues, someone that 
understands your processes, understands your business. They don't have to take a month to get up to speed on what the job is uh, or issue. They can be brought in and, and understand your processes and documentation in short order. That can help you speed things up and, and help move quicker through the process too. And then at the onset of any claim, I think it's important to have a discussion if you're able to with the opposing party about what the methodology should be, right? Here's the documentation that we have. Here's the type of schedules that we have. Here's the methodology that we want to use to prove out our claim, right? It, it, that's a, it, if everyone can get on board with that, I think you have a much easier process going forward. You're all working on the same sheet of music. If you have a certain type of delay analysis or impact analysis and the opposing party is using a completely different type of analysis, then you're going to have a much more challenging conversation. It's going to be a lot harder to prove things out. And oftentimes there may be negating effects of that that's going to eliminate certain types of costs that you're submitting for. Okay, so let's summarize quickly. So some of the things you can do, train your schedulers, right? Invest in expertise, right? Whether that's developing your own people with good scheduling practices and principles or hiring good quality experts that understand what they're doing. Again, a scheduler is not the same thing as a delay expert. They are not the same. Make sure that you're using the right methodology, right? So at the beginning of a claim, make sure that you're understanding what kind of documentation that you have, what kind of schedules you're working with, who your expert is, and what methodology that you're going to use. How is that going to help you get to your claim, to your, your end game on the claim where you want to be at the end of the day? Know the critical path. So whoever is updating your schedule, make sure they're, they understand the critical path. They're not doing that in a bubble. They shouldn't be doing that on their own. That, that should be a, a very engaged, involved process. All the project parties are involved, especially your superintendents. They should be in that conversation. They should be challenging the critical path and, and having dialogue about what it really is, okay, and making sure that it's accurate. Documentation, whether it's periodic audits on jobs, especially tough and challenging jobs that you're seeing issues with, or peer reviews, making sure that you've got good daily reports, change order descriptions, uh, correspondence, they're saving correspondence, they're sending out correspondence when there's issues, and they're being clear about it. I can't tell you how many times that I have personally looked at correspondence that someone said, oh yeah, I, I sent them that email, I laid it all out, it's exactly what it needs to be, it's two years old, but I got it. You go back and look and they missed like three key things, right? That's their memory and they lived in the moment, but they're not thinking of explaining it to a third party that has never lived on that job. A scheduling standard, right? Making sure you're setting expectations for the types of schedules, the frequency, the quality, baseline development, understanding, providing an example for your staff to go out there and, and stick to and follow a guide when, when uh, scheduling. And then talk to your broker or agent about what your coverage is. Right? Whether it's SDI or builder's risk or otherwise, do you have coverage for indirect costs? Do you have coverage for claim preparation costs? Those are things that can definitely be, they can help you, they can provide relief, and they can hurt too when you're in a side of a claim and you have one expectation and, and you find out something otherwise than that. So I think that's it. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the ERMI podcast recorded live at the 2022 ERMI Construction Risk Conference. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and please subscribe to automatically download future episodes and consider sharing this with your friends.